Hi, this is FBL Focal from YouTube. You may not be aware, but I now convert all my videos into podcasts. You can find all the podcast links at linktree.com slash fblfocal. That's linktree.com slash fblfocal. Welcome back for another video. As the international break at last draws to a close, today we'll look at how the team's lining up for Game Week 9 and the transfer plans. We're forced into at least one transfer this game week with Isaac's injury. Lots to talk about. If you'd like to follow my team and other content this season to help you get a good rank and win your mini leagues, make sure you're subscribing to the channel. Let's jump straight in and start with a quick look back at how Game Week 8 went. A successful wildcard, 69 points, and we more than halved the rank to 320k. Madison, Isaac, Saka and Trippier all chipped in with immediate returns after joining the team. Haaland was on the score sheet again, still yet to blank and 23 points clear of any other player. Unfortunately, Isaac has picked up an injury over the international break, so he'll need to leave the team as soon as he's joined. So we'll take his 9 points and run. Let's take a look at how the team's shaping up for Game Week 9, the captaincy and the plans of Isaac. Newcastle travel to Fulham this game week. Although they've lost Isaac, there's growing confidence that Bruno Gamares will play, which will be a great help from a defensive perspective, and considering the double up in defence, much welcomed if he makes the game. Interestingly, it's worth noting that the bookies have given Leicester a 34% chance of a clean sheet, and Newcastle a 29% chance. So there's a temptation to start a Verson just in case Rodgers decides to try and shake things up. The rest of the defence is Cancelo and James. Man City have been given a 42% chance of a clean sheet, which is actually second after Liverpool, and Chelsea a 37.5% chance, which is third. Man United's best type will be Rashford, who is currently a doubt for the game. His pace in behind the defence is probably United's best chance of breaking through. James started England's final international fixture and picked up an assist. In fact, it was a good game for the Chelsea lads with Mount scoring and Havertz also scoring twice against England. This is the start of a great run of games for Chelsea, and James is one I'd recommend if you're on a wildcard. The midfield is Madison Saka, De Bruyne and Martinelli. Madison gets the vice-captaincy for the Forest game. These two sit 19th and 20th in the league for expected goals conceded, so let's hope for plenty of goals. Leicester's next five perhaps the best run of games in the league. They can seriously turn their season around if they start stringing together some results we know they're capable of. There's no way the poor run of form continues forever and they'll be highly motivated by these fixtures, which makes them one of the top priority transfers in my eyes. Saka was sensational for England over the break, subbed on in the 66th minute against Germany, 2-0 down, completely changed the game, finishing 3-all. We talked in past videos about how he'd really impressed me in recent game weeks and he was excellent in game week 8, registering 2 assists against Brentford. 6 attacking returns this season in 7 games, really flying under the radar and he looks like an excellent pick from game week 13 onwards after Arsenal's blank, perhaps again doubled up with Martinelli. The North London derby always an unpredictable fixture, impossible to call how these games go. Very volatile results in the past, last season Arsenal won 3-1 at home and then Spurs won 3-0 at home. This might sound crazy but De Bruyne is a potential transfer out for a minus 4 this game for Salah, which we'll talk more about shortly when discussing the transfer plans. It is a risky one to sell for a hit and he is playing at home as well so he's capable of a haul, but with the Isaac injury it would be a hit to get a move ahead of the curve and Salah's playing a better fixture this week. More on that shortly. The front three is Isaac, Mitrovic and Haaland. Seem to have the touch of death with transfers recently. It was Rodrigo first who got injured as soon as we brought him in and then it was Trossard whose fixture got postponed and then Isaac's injury. Nonetheless we'll deal with it and there's a couple of players being considered. I've seen many wildcard drafts without Mitrovic and it's surprising as his next five are excellent fixtures, don't be put off by his blank against Forrest. Among forwards he's still third for points projections after Haaland and Kane over the next five. 
It's not an ideal situation when an attacker faces one or two of your defenders, but it happens sometimes. And it's better to see the long-term picture when making your picks, as the points are not scored in one game week only. Mr. Consistent Harlan gets the captaincy again. Man United are on a good run of form in the league, but he feels City will be too much for them. Game week 8 feels like a long time ago now, but what struck me after the Wolves game was how annoyed Harlan looked after the match to only have one goal. The frustration was very clear to see, and he knows he's capable of so much more. Very memorable and you can see how hungry he is for goals. As we know, he's yet to blank this season with 11 goals and an assist in 7 games played. Nonetheless, if we do have Salah, he's the standout alternative option, and as we saw in Game Week 8, betting on premiums like De Bruyne, Kane and Son can and will pay off at times. On the bench, it's Iverson, Andreas, Fafana and Nico Williams. There's the option to start Andreas against Newcastle and roll the transfer, but it feels like selling Isaac is sensible this week. The hope is that Fafana secures a spot in Potter's back line. For 4.4 mil, he's a great option to have available if needed. He'll likely join the starting 11 for the first time in Game Week 10 against Wolves. So decisions to make of Isaac. The two players being considered are Tony and Solanke. From an FPL points perspective, Tony you'd expect to score higher over the next five but it's a more complicated decision than that in the team. The original plan was Saka to Zaha in game week 10 and then De Bruyne to Salah and Cancelo to Alexander-Arnold. However, Tony would block this possibility due to funds. The only route that allows both Salah and Alexander-Arnold to join the team is by selling Haaland for Kane in game week 11 when City faced Liverpool away. It may not be as bad as it first looks with Spurs home to Everton that week, Man U in game week 12 when City blank and then Newcastle home in game week 13. Although Bournemouth are a less attacking side, for 5.7 mil, Solanke's cheap and has incredible fixtures, three home games in the next four. He's a talisman and he's on penalty duties. So this leads us to the potential De Bruyne to Salah move for a minus four. I like this one as a potential second transfer to get back ahead of the curve and on top of the team. After looking at the permutations, he's actually projected to score slightly higher longer term. Man City's game week 10 fixture could hurt when they're home to Southampton. The concern with De Bruyne is that he's not a guaranteed starter, more like 80% of games, while Salah's far more nailed. We've seen De Bruyne bench once this season alone. Perhaps very big on player rhythm, which is perhaps why we see him rotate so much. And when we look at Man City's fixtures, it's Southampton, and then it's the Champions League game. And then it's a five-day gap until the Liverpool match, which is a huge game. It feels like that Copenhagen game five days before Liverpool is the one that he starts in, otherwise it'd be eight days between starts. Obviously it's impossible to predict Pep, but that's in my thinking. If it does indeed play out like that, then perhaps Southampton is a game he could be rested in, or an appearance from the bench. So the plan is either Isaac to Solanke, and a minus four in consideration to move De Bruyne to Salah, or simply Isaac to Tony. I'll share my final team on Twitter, and on the deadline stream as always. Thanks for watching today's video, I read all your comments, so let me know what you're doing this game week. If you do enjoy the content, hit like, and make sure you're subscribing to the channel. For the next video, we'll catch up with the experts. Click one of the videos on screen for more Gaming 9 content, and see you soon for the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.